You are listening to motivational quotes and inspirational life stories from real life people just like you. I'm your host, Victoria Johnson. You can learn more about me and my number one best-selling book at victoriajohnson.org. It's time to share our experiences and motivate and inspire you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I have a a unique guest with us today. She is a productivity queen serving other young professionals with demanding careers as a life performance consultant, something I've not heard of before. So I'm excited to hear more about that. And her demanding career launched her on a journey to crack the code of working smarter, not harder, while finding the gratification to keep her motivated. And she realized that, you know, millions of young people like Sabrina are using their time off to do, you know, go to the gym or go to brunch or whatever. But in the meantime, they're grinding through the rest of the week and not really getting that personal satisfaction or even professional satisfaction. And so Sabrina is here to help people with that, help them to say no to ambiguity, say no to unwelcome negative gifts, say no to non-essentials, and to really put your self-care first. Her website is Sabrina Runbeck, so R-U-N-B-E-C-K dot com. And uh, her email is Sabrina at Sabrina Runbeck dot com. And if you go to the website and do forward slash assessment, she has a free gift there for you, which is a discover your hidden roadblock assessment. I'm definitely going to go take it. So welcome to the podcast, Sabrina. Hi, thank you for having me here. Oh, it is just so great. All the way from Houston, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I really enjoyed learning a little bit more about you. And can you tell us what it is that took you down this journey? Yeah. So it really was about almost three years ago. I was having an early morning and a running a fever of 101 and performing heart surgery while my nurse keep passing day quill and cough drop under my mask to keep me going. And at the time, I wondered, how could my childhood dream of working in medicine and living the American dream and turn into such an unhealthy reality? And to top that off, when I felt so sick that I called in the next day, my manager made me feel that I was inconveniencing him. So a few weeks later, I took care of a young man who's just barely 30, requiring fourth open heart surgery. And he failed to report his new symptoms at the time, thinking that they were small and insignificant. And that's what I realized. I have these small and insignificant things in my life that if I don't address, then I would become a patient myself. Because I just used to say yes to too many things. Mm-hmm. And But now I know when we say yes to too many things, it actually hurts us because society taught us, right, to be liked by people, to be polite, do people favors. However, the more yeses that we're saying to things that doesn't align to our core value, who we are, like all those side projects we keep picking up, right? (laughs) We all do it sometimes. And then we might feel that resentment for doing those things. Or we can't even deliver the high quality result that we're hoping to give to people. Or we sometimes couldn't even keep our promises, right? Like Mm -hmm. the neighborhood party that you say yes to, but you didn't really meant to. (laughs) Yes. Um, Or or you mean it in the moment. And when the time comes, you're like, what have I done? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I feel like that there's so many things about young professionals who feel the similar struggle, despite whether they're in early stage of their career or already work in their field passion, which I have spent many years and love medicine. But ultimately, is that figuring things out. How do you grow as a person? Bring back that satisfaction. So mm-hmm. we can have both the career that we work hard for because we didn't work hard just to hate it and also have the life that we can enjoy. And that's what led me to a path to say from both my own research, from learning from high-performance coaches, going to summits, and to put together a system, I decided to say, hey, I would not do things that do not serve me anymore. So inside this five-step system, what I call say no to distraction and say yes to stamina. And that's when I feel like I turn my life around. So now I still work full-time in surgery. I train for uh, bodybuilding competition. And then I help other young professionals like myself to really have a life that you can say heck yet to. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Absolutely. So... I'm just trying to think, you know, what the process was for you, because obviously you loved medicine and that's why you went into it in the first place, right? And did all of that work and all of that studying and all of that time, I'm sure. And you mentioned earlier the mind-body connection and ending up with a fever. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think when uh, we know stress will cause a lot of things physically and mentally in our body in balance. Mm-hmm. I think many people might have not recognized that burnout is actually a diagnosable disease nowadays. And it happens in three different stages. The early stages is that physical and emotional exhaustion, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you are getting sick a lot. Um, you still feel like you're mentally foggy. You couldn't think. And then things just pile on top of each other. And for a lot of us, we were taught to just keep going and push through, right? right. So you, you stop thinking about yourself. You're just like, oh, if I just get it done quicker, right? Supposedly quicker. But actually, maybe the work you can do it in 10 minutes now is taking you half hour to an hour because you can't concentrate on it. You're already so exhausted. And that's the early stage, right? And mm-hmm. I think most people don't recognize those symptoms because they thought it's just normal stress that come with a demanding career. And then you go into the second phase, which is that cynicism, right? Nothing works. How come it's always me? It only happened to me. Everybody else is not picking up their slack, right? You start thinking more negative into that mm-hmm. mindset. Then to the late stage of burnout, that's when people start using alternative drugs, alcohol, substance abuse, right? Because they're trying to remove themselves from reality. And some people have such severe depression and anxiety that they have high, a lot higher chance of suicidal ideation and committing suicide than the average American. Wow. That is huge what you've just shared. And I am 
guessing that many of the viewers and listeners can absolutely relate to what you're saying. And I've never really thought about it as being burnout before. I've just thought of it as being stress. And it's funny that we're talking about this, funny, not funny, um, because earlier this year, I experienced those things as well. So, you know, I was to the point where what you mentioned, something that was a 10 minute task became a 30 minute task because I had zero concentration. And then, you know, from there, I just felt so overwhelmed. And then I, the negative messages started, right? I'm not going to get this finished. You know, I don't know how this is going to have a, a positive outcome. I keep screwing things up. I keep making mistakes. And I just kept telling myself those negative messages over and over and over again. And uh, all the while trying to keep a million balls in the air and keep everything going. And you're right. It does result in depression. It does result in, you know, that extra glass of wine or whatever unhealthy choice it might be. Maybe it's overeating, over drinking, or, or like you said, even leading into using other drugs and prescribed or, or not in treating that. So I'm hearing you say that you recognize burnout in your patient. And then you've recognized it in your, that some of the signs in yourself and have now created this program where you are helping other young people like yourself who are professionals to avoid the symptoms of burnout and to live a truly satisfying life. Right. Exactly. And I think two of the main component of that is because we're so much in a society of giving, right? And we're taught to be a giver. But my concept is if you are such a good giver, like you're serving a pot of tea to everybody else, right? It's a mm-hmm. sign of respect, sign of like giving. But eventually that pot of tea is going to run out if you don't actively refilling. So to a point, you are going to feel thirsty. How are you going to quench your own thirst? Plus, other people are going to start expecting you to deliver, but you have nothing left to give. Mm -hmm. So, So for me, number one, it actually is say no to putting your self care last so you can give the best of you, not what's left of you. Okay, let's say that again. Say no to putting your self care last so that you can give the best of you. Not what's left of you. Not what's left of you. Yeah. That's profound. Very profound. I love that. I love that. Is that your quote? Yes. And I think (laughs) I took things apart. But for me, the ultimate message is many people will say, oh, I can't put my self-care first. It's not Mm. even about just being first, right? It's knowing when your energy level goes down, you have to actively replenish. It does not mean I'm just going to reach my limit and I'm going to quit altogether and then take a 10 days break. Mm -hmm. Because even you come back from that break, most of the people on the last day, you start feeling more anxious about going back to that routine again, right? That's right. It's that whole play, work hard, play hard strategy that's not sustainable. Right, exactly. And then there are methods that you can do while you break to say, okay, from this break and the last one that I intentionally set for myself, what are one thing that I did really well to meet that goal? Because this break is this reward system for myself and give myself maybe a half day or day in between traveling back home or before starting the next day to reset my internal clock again, going back to my routine. So it doesn't feel like such a shock to our mental health and our physical health to be just jump right in. You just never know what's left behind for you to deal with when you walk into that door again, right? So if we're just 
going from carefree, doing activities, and then to like work, 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 then of course, there's like such a shock that you can't justify. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. So for our listeners and viewers who are suffering from from some burnout and recognize some of the things that you've been talking about, and, and I know that I have done just what you said. I've worked hard. I've played hard till the very last minute and got home at two in the morning and went back to work the next day. <laughs> and uh, how would you suggest we start practicing our self-care? Number one is figuring out what actually draw energy for you naturally. Mm-hmm. And then what drains you? So what's fueling you and what's draining you? Right. So simple things for me, for example, that's something I will also build in for anybody who I talk to. So for me, I know food always gives me energy. So I will make sure I eat relatively on time because I got cranky, right? We call that... That's a huge tip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, it's physical response, right? When your glucose goes down, you become more jittery, anxious, sometimes can be angry. And then other things draw energy for me is my breath work. So that's something I work with my clients specific to say, how can we build in couple, what I call stamina reboot sessions into Mm -hmm. your day so you're not just work and work. You actually give yourself, allow yourself. That's the key thing is allow yourself to take a short break just to reset that mental stamina. Mm-hmm. And then you can keep going. Absolutely. And you probably will last you a lot longer. It's so true. I can speak from experience. Uh, so if you're listening or watching this, listen to this woman. She's very wise. <laughs> that, that is really important. So can you give us an example of how a person would take that little break during the day to do some breath work? What would that look like? So one of the things I teach people is probably the easiest. Many people say doing breath work, but if you haven't really practiced it, you have to take consciousness to think, right? And I think it when we thinking about our breath, instead of thinking our head, right? What the crazy thoughts is coming at us, then it diverts attention. And some of the study has shown that yawning has been one of the most effective way to shut mm-hmm. down all those crazy thoughts because our cognition is in a prefrontal cortex, right? Mm-hmm. And majority of blood flow goes there. And the more blood flow to that area, the more neurons firing at each other to create those logical thinking, learning behavior, all that. When we young, we actually divert blood away from that area of the brain. And therefore, you kind of force your brain to shut down for a bit. Mm-hmm. So the easy way would be just if you're at your office, I actually don't have an office door. So I would just put on my headphone and then I just stretch and yawn, close my eyes. With all our senses, visual sensory is one of the highest, right? Mm-hmm. Very heightened. So if we can close our eyes, we decrease the amount of distraction we have and we actually allow ourselves just to breathe and yawn and stretch and it allows you to have physiological benefit like better heart rate and uh, decreased stress in that sense. And it can be done super fast, right? You, you mm-hmm. don't really have to turn on the music for meditation. Like you don't really have to prep yourself. And I think that's such an important thing to let people know. You can do this in your office. You can do this in the airport. You know, you can do it at a red light. You know, maybe right. you close your eyes. <laughs> right, exactly. 
and uh, <laughs> and it's there for you. That that resource is available, and that physiology really does make a difference. I'll just tell you a short story about me this morning. I was recording some back-to-back podcasts, and I was tired. Didn't sleep great last night, and I was tired. And I just, you know, stood up and stretched, and and you know, did a couple of uh, lunges, and just got my body moving. Had a drink of water, sat back down. So it probably took ninety seconds, and I felt great ever since. Right. So just those small changes of taking that time for self-care. I love that you're sharing that tip with people. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't if you think about like one or two minutes out of your whole twenty-four hour of day is so minimal, but mm-hmm. it makes a bigger impact. That's right. Oh, it, the key thing is what I said earlier, allowing yourself to have that break. Mm-hmm. When so we, do you recommend scheduling yeah. it or because yeah. I know when I'm stressed, I don't even remember to take a break. Exactly. So some study would say the most effective way is intentional distraction, right? Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? It's just our brain is always scanning for something. So even you say you, you allow yourself to just respond to all your emails to sit there for an hour, you probably have multiple browsers open, right? And you might be clicking off, oh, I just remembered this. Let me pull this in. So you, you actually have a lot of distraction. Uh, or if your phone is blinking, you're just like, oh my gosh, let me see what is happening, right? <laughs> but it so could just true. be like a message reminder that has no purpose at the present moment. So if we actually allow ourselves to say, hey, I'm only going to sit here for 50 minutes. I put an alarm clock for intentionally mm-hmm. taking that short break. Now I'm going to do it no matter what I'm doing once that alarm rings, right? And that being said, if you're going to be jumping on the call, you're of course not going to do that. But it's to say you actually black out whatever half hour, hour amount of time on this one task. But once that alarm rings, you're going to give yourself that break intentionally. Yes. yes. So important to intentionally do that. And there's so many ways to do that now with our phones, setting an alarm on our phone. I often do that. I'll set a timer on the phone uh, to make sure that I don't stay at something for longer than 45 minutes. And uh, also on, on my Fitbit, you know, every hour it gives me a little buzz to remind yeah. me, get up, <laughs> get up, get moving. And uh, to do, you know, what you're saying, the yawning, the stretching to really just get us back to that place. I really appreciate you sharing that with people. And uh, I just want to give your contact information one more time before we keep going, because I know people who are watching and listening are going to want to be opening up that browser to check out your website. And it is Sabrina Runbeck. R-U-N-B-E-C-K.com. And again, for that assessment, just forward slash assessment. And it's discover your hidden roadblock. And so now that you have kind of figured out how to live that heck yeah life, and tell me how that led into helping others. What does that look like? What's their first step? So I think the first step is knowing what our strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, we needed to have that conscious intention to live the life that we wanted. And to begin that is knowing what we wanted and what's holding us back. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason I developed those, that three-minute quiz to see what really is holding your back. And life is not just one component, it's multiple components. Are you really able to sustain yourself or already recognizing these different components? Or are you having even thought about them whatsoever? 
right? Sometimes when we think about high performer, we are really good doing one or two things, right? Like you're really good at focusing on your family, your kids. They're always on time for all their sports games. They're doing all these activities. You're just like, how do you manage that? And there are people super career driven, always looking for the next opportunity, building big impact within their organization. But what is lacking, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. when we want so much for something, but you're still not getting there, that's when we're trying to figure out what's the hidden roadblock. And sometimes it could just be there are certain things that you're just being avoiding, right? Mm-hmm. Once we bring that big bad boy like out to the surface, it's not so bad anymore. Well, and recognizing that negative belief, I know that you talk about every path having roadblocks and learning to say no to negative thought so that you can say yes to reclaiming your mental power. So a big part of that, like you said, is identifying them. Right, yes. exactly. And so, I think it's one thing I would say, it's definitely... If we cannot say no to negativity, then we cannot reclaim that mental power. Mm-hmm. We'll get held back by the negativity, both from negative self-talk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which you even mentioned. If we are so exhausted, you start saying, oh, I cannot. What ifs, right? Like you start building all these questions, which is not even real, right? We yeah. just create a fear for ourselves. But in reality, every mission has roadblocks. You just can't completely remove that. It's having that courage and having the I'm positive I can attitude, which then it will generate the power and skills need to do. It all morphs into a gross mindset to say, you got here, not because magic. You clearly worked so hard to get to this point. So you already have the skill to have logical thinking, to drive, to figure out your resources, what you're lacking. You can find out how to rebuild your skill and your strength, right? But sometimes we forget that. And then one thing I suggest for other people is actually every morning, just say one positive thing about yourself. So you can begin the day on a good note. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Those are two things that I'm passionate about is that morning affirmation. I prefer it in the mirror, you know, just being able to look at yourself in the mirror and that one positive thing or 10 positive things and just setting yourself up for success during the day. And then really, we talked when we were off the air about Louise Hay and Heal Your Life, the book, You Can Heal Your Life. And she talks about the number one way to really love yourself is to stop all self-criticism. And you're absolutely right. When we're so stressed, we don't even know we're doing it. And uh, we get sucked into that pool of negativity. And so it's just so wonderful that you are using your experience to have put together this very systematic program that, that I can see has a lot of detail and a lot of processes to help people to find out what it is that's holding them back and get rid of those roadblocks and let go of that negative thinking and be able to step into the life that they're passionate about, the life that gives them energy instead of draining them. You are doing great things in this world. Well, thank you. You're too kind, Victoria. Oh, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. I am so glad to have had you on the podcast today. And, uh, you know, I just want to share with the listeners, you talk about focusing on only the work that you are passionate about, do work that gives you energy instead of draining you and really learn from other people. So before we sign off, can you tell me uh, who have been some of your favorite teachers? 
Um, I learned, I feel like there's so many. I go through at least one book a week. So just a whole bunch of things. I've been um, trained by Brenda Burchard's High Performance uh, yes. Coaching. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Going That's an amazing podcast, summit. by the way. Let me just plug his podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're listening right. to this, go check out the Brenda Burchard show or I think it's HPX. Yeah, um, HPX. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and his then podcast. his next summer is coming up in uh, February. In San yes, Diego, so. I saw that. <laughs> um, so th- there's so many. And then Brene Brown, it, her work was empathy, right? I think yes. um, to me is actually part of my, my program when I talk to people is sympathy and empathy. And the key thing about empathy, I think what we're lacking is accepting empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really easy to learn to give empathy, but how do you actually allow yourself to receive? That's a completely different thing, right? So how do you allow yourself to receive empathy? I think that goes back to just being a giver and receiver. There are psychological um, studies on when people are easy to give because it feels good, right? But when you receive, somehow society putting you into a spot of thinking you're selfish. And then so then it separates out to two different extremes. Do people want something from me if they are trying to help me, right? Versus, well, I'm too good to need the help. So I already have the knowledge. I don't need it, right? And even can be small things like if people trying to help you with groceries, do you just say, no, I got this? Or, oh, wow, that's that's really good. Thank you. Right? Like, yes. So that's just the giving or receiving thing about how society formed us to be a certain way. But are we allow ourselves to receive everything that comes to us and then out of the goodness of the nature of the universe? So well said. And uh, I think it's something that we can all look at in our own lives. Absolutely. And uh, you're right. It's been really influenced by society. And um, we sometimes mistake being strong as being, I'll do it all myself. And that's not the case at all. Right. Not the case at all. I totally believe that strength is actually courage. And courage is knowing what you want, what's the consequence of it. And then when you come by together, can you actually make that step of doing something when you don't know what the outcome is? Wow. What a great way to end our podcast today. We're hits of wisdom. Thank you so much, Sabrina. I am going to share uh, and, and with a, a quote from actually Brenda Bouchard's book, High Performance hey. Habits. And uh, one of my favorite books, he, by the way, on his website has this for free. Uh, so if you have not picked it up yet, it's brendanbouchard.com. And uh, you can order the, the copy of High Performance Habits for free. And I do want to talk about just as we, as we get off the call today, there's a quote here on courage that I have marked. So it was appropriate that we're talking about courage. And it's from Mark Twain. And it says, courage is really resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. So, so appropriate with what you said today, the strength and the courage and just really finding that balance in our life and saying yes to self-care and really scheduling it throughout our day. Again, I really want to encourage you to go take the assessment, the free gift from Sabrina at sabrinarenbeck.com forward slash assessment. You can find her on Facebook at Sabrina Runbeck and on Instagram at Sabrina Runbeck. And I'm excited to check out the Instagram as well. Uh, Looking forward to a long relationship with you. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. 
It is my true desire that you have been inspired and felt a sense of connection with the words being shared. If you have an inspirational story to share on how you have overcome adversity and created an exceptional life, please visit my website, victoriajohnson.org. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next time.